0: Hello to everybody. Uh, My name is uh, Aldo Costa, and uh, you are listening Beyond the Grid.
1: Hi everyone, and welcome to Beyond the Grid, presented by the new Bose noise-cancelling headphones 700. My name's Tom Clarkson, and my guest this week is a man whose name may not be immediately familiar to all of you, but I guarantee you he's got an interesting story to tell. Now, if I were to ask you, who's won the most world titles in F1 history? You might immediately answer Michael Schumacher. Or if you were thinking outside the box a little bit, you might say Adrian Newey or Enzo Ferrari. Well, in fact, it's none of them. It's an unassuming Italian engineer who's been a key part of the sport's two biggest dynasties. I'm talking, of course, about Aldo Costa. Aldo has won... 26 world championships across a career spent predominantly with ferrari and mercedes although he learnt the ropes with minardi back in the late 80s and early 90s while at ferrari he worked very closely with ross braun and rory byrne and it was the respect and friendship that developed between him and braun that led to him switching to mercedes at the start of this decade and unsurprisingly more champagne spraying has followed Aldo recently left Mercedes to join Dallara, where his job description is much wider than just F1, although he'll retain links with F1 through Dallara's work with Haas. We thought it was the perfect moment to reflect on his 30-year F1 career, during which he's etched his name firmly into the history books. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Aldo, welcome to the show. It's Lovely to have you on Beyond the Grid. Now, Thank you. Now, you have an incredible record over the last 30 years in Formula One. By my calculations, including 2019, we're looking at 26 world titles, 199 race wins, which is more than Michael Schumacher and Lewis Hamilton put together. I mean, yeah. it's an incredible record. When I say those stats to you, what does it make you feel?
0: Yeah, he's a... Uh Something for me still unbelievable every day is unbelievable, yeah, my career was uh, yeah very, very long, and uh, I had really the uh, opportunity and the pleasure uh, to um, to follow two big cycles of my life the one cycle winning cycle at ferrari and and now the all winning cycle here at Mercedes, uh, um, working with uh, a lot of talented people, talented engineer, team principal, drivers, so really, really an unbelievable experience.
1: Well, come on to the sort of life at Mercedes and Ferrari. but just talking about you as an engineer, what is your greatest strength? It's
0: Difficult to judge yourself, of course. Um, let's say my three big cycle, Uh, Minardi, um, Ferrari, and then Mercedes, uh, I found myself uh, building building a team of engineers, uh, a team of designers, uh, a team of people that want to uh, develop, uh, research uh, the new cars, but as well develop themselves as people, um, as a team, and, and develop the capabilities around them. So I found myself doing the same exercise three times from a starting point that was pretty low in all the three cases, uh, building a group, a team up to um, all together, um, arriving to be successful.
1: Was it always Formula One for you or could you have gone into the wider road car industry? I mean, you graduated from Bologna University, didn't you? mechanical engineer. yes and then yes. was it always just focus on f1 oh
0: yeah for, for me it was always uh, since i was uh, 15 years old looking at uh, Niki lauda james hunt uh, battle was always uh, f1 um, always f1 and uh, yeah i was uh, playing uh, yeah with uh, yeah, a lot of cars models and looking at them for many many years of my young life um did you ever want to be a racing driver I thought for a little while, but then I decided it was not for me. Yeah, it was not for me because, uh, no, I was more interested toward the, the car design, car development, and I I felt that it was, um, yeah, much better for me. Even if uh, I, I, I like, still now, uh, driving cars on track, um, but I don't think I have the Nowhere near the talent that is needed for for <laughs> that kind of job. You mentioned the mid seventies. I mean,
1: that was such a wonderful era for design in Formula One, wasn't it? There was so much progress from one year to the next. It was. A, are you a little bit jealous of the people who were designing cars in that era?
0: Well, yeah. In, effectively, there was. Um, yeah, uh, diversity uh, was was. Uh, One of the things that you could see, um, yeah, when uh, people introduced the um, turbo engine and you had in a year, uh, I can't remember if eight, uh, different winners of a race. So was, yeah, definitely cars were very different. But unfortunately, because uh, um, maybe the rule was, uh, yeah, allowing for more freedom, but also because uh, people and methodology, they were not... Uh, at such a high high level so people had an idea and uh, okay, Um, with good uh, uh, engineering principle they were designing a car but uh, without knowing too much about aero too too much about handling uh, nowadays the the modern technology they they are bringing you somehow toward um, the same optimum uh, sometimes they are pushing you toward the same solution Um, So it would be much more difficult to have uh, such a variety of car, even if the rules uh, would have been more open. How interesting.
1: Now, look, it's coming eight years at Mercedes. It's coming to an end. Can we talk about this team? Let's talk about this team now. Um, Why has it been so successful,
0: Mercedes? Uh, Yeah, it's... How much time have we got for the answer? (laughs) Yeah, in... Yeah, very essence. Uh, I think um, as a group of people, we um, we have been able to um, build a machine, a group uh, of of uh, people and um, an organization that uh, is working uh, with a lot of strength but as well a lot of values uh, working very well together um with uh, the same mindset uh, looking very very much uh, uh, further ahead very consistent uh, very um detailed on everything everything we do uh, wanting to reach the excellence in every activity we do and yeah the, the group uh, is is at the end uh, uh, such a well oiled machine that is um like uh, a thousand people working in parallel, pushing at the maximum they can, and uh, working uh, very well together. So it's the group the that is—is
1: is yeah. that what you, is that the this team's biggest strength?
0: Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think so is the collaboration, collaboration with between the people, uh, between the single people, but as well the single grou- the groups. Um, no politics at all. No. Uh, conflict. We we are pushing people to be, to challenge ideas, but in a a good way, in a good manner, in a positive uh, direction. Of course, we are looking for the best talent in the world. So we we are, we are looking to build these very high talented people and put them together. Uh, In the company, we have uh, 30 different nationalities. So for us, uh, diversity is a strength of, of this company because you can take from every uh, person that is coming from a different university in the world, you can take something. You can take uh, different life experience. You can take a different uh, uh, university methodology, different tools, different mindset uh, and put together in a very harmonious uh, group. You've worked with many great people in your career. I just want to
1: ask you about a few individuals here at Mercedes. First of all, what stands Toto Wolff apart from the other team principals you've worked with?
0: But Toto, uh, yeah, he's, um, he's a very, very special uh, uh, person. Yeah, he, he came into the team, uh, I was telling him uh, that yesterday, in a very humble way he came in very, very softly and then little by little he took uh, leadership Um, and now he's uh, our great uh, leader and um, yeah, he's the master of uh, the behaviors in the company Uh, so he's a role model for everybody of us uh, in uh, in behaviors, uh, in uh, how we uh, deal with problems uh, how we deal with the with people and but in the in the meantime is not uh, in the clouds is is um, as he was uh, one of us. So we've got a good uh, relationship a very uh, natural as friends. So he, he has got this double possibility that is not very normal uh, to be our leader without any doubt, but in the meantime to be uh, one of the mates.
1: How different is his management style to that of Ross Braun, for example? Because it was Ross who brought you here in the first place, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, Ross, uh, he has been, of course, uh, uh, one of the best, if not not the best, uh, technical director in the F1 history and uh, as well a great uh, team principal. Um, I've got got a lot of good uh, memories with Ross and uh, uh, we have worked uh, together in Ferrari for nine years, very very well and uh, I came here immediately when he was calling me because of I trusted him Um, so yeah Ross Ross gave uh, the big first contribution to this team to bring this team from uh, um, unfortunately a small team when when Brown won the championship but had to um, reduce the number of people in the company from a small team to the level of the team when when he left so he did uh, uh, as well a great job and um, and then Toto was uh, was going from that and and uh, yeah further developing the team really uh, arriving to where we are
1: now you say you worked with Ross for nine years at Ferrari another person you work with at Ferrari and again here at Mercedes is James Allison
0: yeah yeah tell me about James Yeah, James, uh, um, we worked together in Ferrari, again, very, very well. Uh, He was um, head of Track Aero in that moment, and I was uh, head of the design office and the design activities. And, um, yeah, collaboration was great since then, since then. Uh, And then, yeah, we we saw one each other at the technical working groups. Uh, We were part of the same club at the end for many years. And I I was uh, one of the person that, uh, yeah, um, uh, liked a lot uh, from the news that uh, he was coming here. And, uh, yeah, it was a fantastic collaboration in the last few years with him.
1: How do you feel both you and him, have evolved over the last 15 years as engineers and as people?
0: We, um, for sure, both, uh, we have uh, learned how to manage uh, people, how to manage people, how to manage big group of uh, people, and as well a much bigger scale project compared to uh, the one that we had to face when we were at Ferrari. Um yeah, our knowledge, of course, uh, is much more wider. Um, I, I was a, a pure mechanical engineer, and he was a, a pure aerodynamicist, and, and now our our knowledge is uh, much wider in all the uh, car activities and the uh, company activities. So yeah, day and night, uh, I have to say. But 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 same, you know, when when things are. When you are working well with a person, mm, because of you got the same mindset and uh, uh, there is full respect, respect one each other, th- that's something that uh, can carry on forever if there are not uh, events that are changes this uh, this attitude. So th- this was uh, the case with uh, with James. He's a very talented person. He can learn. Uh, things uh, uh, very quickly on also in areas where he he has got less experience and uh, yeah he's working uh, um, really well high potential for the future so i think he's uh, the right man for this place so
1: that's the leading engineers what about the drivers Um, Lewis Hamilton do you see many similarities
0: between Lewis and Michael Schumacher yeah, I've been asked many times. Uh, yeah, Sorry. No, no, no problem at all. Uh, many times this question, um, Yeah, no, not, not super easy to answer because, uh, yeah, different age and different cars and uh, never they never work together. Um, the the similarity is the, the talent, uh, of course. Uh, the Both drivers, yeah, unbelievably talented. Um, By
1: talent, what do you mean? Speed? Are we talking raw speed? Is that what you mean by
0: talent? Yeah, speed speed as well um, for the single lap, but as well um, average, very high, optimum speed uh, in the race, extracting the maximum from a vehicle, uh, from tyres, from engine. um, So using everything you give them to produce the best lap time, in qualifying or the best uh, average lap time in in the race. So these two guys, they never left anything behind, really. Uh, They used everything you gave him uh, to produce lap time. Um, Having said that, uh, slightly or quite different from the approach point of view, um, Michael wanted to do kilometers and kilometers and kilometers, and he, he was very very methodic in that. Uh, um, available to do uh, many laps in winter testing during the season. Well, Lewis is uh, is um, yeah, doing that as well. But naturally he preferred the fight. So he is uh, he wants to be you know, fully dedicated on in a championship, in a race, uh, in, in a fighting condition. And, and that is what he loves. And that's where he, he gives immediately the, the best.
1: It's one of the reasons why Michael tested so much, because the simulation machines you had back then weren't as good as you have now.
0: Yeah, there was uh, this effect, uh, this, this fact as well you remember when Ferrari did um, 90,000 km in a year of testing um, Yeah, we couldn't do it with one driver only so we had we had to use as well the racing drivers and uh, yeah there were a lot of, in the tire war in the days a lot of tire testing and tires to, to uh, let's say to be sure that the tires were the tires that we needed for the race, uh, racing driver had, had to test that in these days, you haven't got any more, yeah, tyre war, uh, tyre identical for the whole year. You cannot test uh, that much in season and uh, before the season, so it's completely different, the story.
1: I mean, to do 90,000 kilometres of testing, did you have a team based permanently at Mugello or somewhere like that? Because you must have been out almost
0: every day. No, there were there were three teams <laughs> Yeah, three teams. So you yeah,
1: had one at Mugello?
0: No, the, the Ferrari had uh, in that few years... Uh,
1: what are we talking? We're talking mid, could, mid-2000s, mid are we? Uh, so sort of yeah, 2003, three, yeah. four, that kind of yeah, time? Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: Could uh, simultaneously test in three different circuits. So it was Fiorano, it was Mugello, and one other circuit around Europe. Every week there was uh, a test in Fiorano.
1: That's incredible, isn't it? Just yeah. the logistics of the logistic. co- is, yeah. is, is it. The logistic,
0: Three group of mechanics, uh, material, trucks, uh, everything. Yeah. Okay. So it was, uh, yeah, very little research and development, testing. So uh, very few facility as well, and a lot of running and running and running. This was the the, the new avenue that Ferrari, let's um, say, invented and developed, and uh, that's why the great reliability of ferrari in the in those years uh, and uh, as well part of the big success of ferrari um, then when when everything uh, stopped uh, team ferrari had to go back and uh, quickly develop uh, capabilities in house mm.
1: oh, so it was a little bit behind on the simulation yeah. techniques because it had so much ability yeah, to, to yeah, test track. Uh, yeah, it was
0: more than um, uh, let's say a virtual simulation, uh, real test benching.
1: Now, Aldo, you said that you always wanted to work in Formula One, and being an Italian, did that mean that you Ferrari was the team for you? Was that the goal, a rite of passage almost for every engineer to want to work for Ferrari?
0: No, to be honest, no. I, I was uh, um, I was passionate about mm, chassis design. It was very clear for me that I was not uh, that that much uh, interested on the engine side. So it was more uh, chassis, suspension, handling, uh, the mechanical side of the car, and I was fascinated by the technical innovation. So I was looking to all cars, being a Ferrari or um, English cars. Uh, I was fascinated by, about uh, who had the best uh, ideas and the best development. Uh, so I didn't have a particular... Um, I was fan of F1 chassis technical side, not, not uh, particularly fan of a single team. So was it a
1: dream when... You went to Ferrari when you went there in '95. Was it a special moment?
0: Yes, it was a special moment. Um, my, my dream uh, started to become a reality when I joined Minardi in uh, 1988. Uh, there, I was touching uh, with with my finger the my dream, and really, I came into Minardi thinking, okay. Now, with my effort, uh, I will bring this team winning the championship. So I was (laughs) at that level of (laughs) passion. And then after seven years in Minardi, where where I became chief designer and then technical director, um, I found myself that uh, we were um, struggling around uh, not having the possibility to further grow up and... uh, not having a bigger budget and I was a bit struggling to um, to follow my dreams. I had many, many idea, ideas in, in the mind, but I couldn't uh, apply them. And then when Ferrari came, that was the moment where, okay, now finally I will have the possibility to apply all what uh, I think. And uh, it was uh, a huge uh, uh, deep diving uh, exercise. so immediately try to apply what uh, i i dreamt for years so the, it
1: was the lure the attraction of more resource to put your ideas into reality rather than ferrari if an english team had come to you if yeah. mclaren had come to you you might well have gone there
0: yeah i, I think uh, i think so yeah even being italian of course uh, i i would have Probably prefer to go to Ferrari. Definitely being Italian at that moment. Um, but uh, yeah, as, as I said, I, I was not. Uh, there was not this uh, single team target in my thinking. I, I wanted to to grow together with the team I was working with.
1: And you'd outgrown Menardi, I suppose.
0: Yeah, Menardi was, uh, for me, a fundamental experience because the team was so small and they had the possibility to uh, go around 360 degree on every kind of activity by priming it for the first time. So the first to go in the wind tunnel, first to go in um, doing the data acquisition, um, F.E. analysis or uh, composite uh, development. So first for minardi was first uh, activity on everything and uh, i i was learning quite a lot from this uh, priming of these activities
1: just so we can compare how many people were at minardi in yeah. the early 90s
0: i i came in the team as uh, number 32 so the team was 32 people <laughs> Producing two cars, uh, the t- the T car, so three cars for a weekend, and participating to all the championship races. And when I left, there was 120. So you left, and there was 120, and went
1: to Ferrari, where there were how many?
0: Uh, Ferrari uh, at the time, uh, the um, design office in Maranello, the chassis design office was made of four people only, because at that time everything was done in England with John, John Barnard. Barnard, FDD. Mm. So Ferrari was doing in Italy only a few little things, um, but there was the plan to bring back everything in Italy.
1: And you arrived just as that plan Yes, was I was part of that plan. Part of the plan to bring it back home. Yeah. Um, before we move on from Minardi, I did just want to ask you about two things. One, um, the US Grand Prix 1990, Pierluigi Martini qualifies second. Yeah. I three, mean, that must yeah. have felt, yeah. Did that feel... You probably expanded a little bit more than 30-odd people, but that must have felt like a pole position.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it was amazing. It was amazing. But b- before before then, there was another moment, a key moment for Minard. It was uh, 1989 Silverstone race. Last race, and then you went in pre-qualifying. And... Um, Pierluigi Martini came uh, fifth and Sala sixth. So we we took three points in in the Temple of the Speed in Silverstone, where English team, they know how to do the cars for fast corners. And Minardi, yeah, we did it. It was great. At that time, yeah, um, uh, together with uh, an English aerodynamicist Nigel Cooper Dwight, uh, really a really bright guy um yeah we had the responsibility to develop uh, the car and i, I had uh, one year and a half of experience <laughs> just
1: thrown in at the deep end get on with it and you, you surely did what engine did that 89 yeah it was a
0: cosworth idea? v8 uh, mother mm, done by this uh I uh, a Swiss uh, preparator, yeah.
1: So that felt like a victory. Oh, yeah,
0: like a victory. And then and the year after, yeah, first row in, uh, that was uh, in USA. That yeah. was extraordinary. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. There was at that time as well a very good collaboration with Pirelli, uh, so, Minardi was a development team for, for Pirelli, and uh, again, together with Pierluigi Martini, uh, especially in qualifying trim, uh, the job was uh, really uh, done very well. Was he better than his
1: results would have you believe, Martini?
0: But he was, he was uh, very, very, very fast. Very fast, especially in qualifying. He was one of these guys that uh, yeah could find the alpha second or the seven tenths in the right moment. So he was really, really fast.
1: Well, and then the other race I wanted to ask you about, with your Minardi hat on, was um, 1991 Imola.
0: Yeah, fourth. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah. another extraordinary giant-killing performance by you guys.
0: Yeah, it was uh, yeah, another big big uh, satisfaction we we had at that time the Ferrari engine but we knew that uh, we had a two years old Ferrari engine and uh, not the latest fuel. So we we had a quite a a decent gap in terms of performance uh, and um yeah, we we were developing the car during the season and yeah, the car was uh, responding quite well and uh, it was the the best year I think in the championship for for Minardi 7 7 yeah. Yeah, the best yeah. ever yeah which for a small team with uh, as well um, in such conditions it was uh, it was great so
1: 1995 is it Jean Todd who gets in touch with you first who was your point of contact at Ferrari initially yeah
0: my um I, I was working uh, in uh, Minardi for a, a couple of years with Gustav Brunner. We we took on board uh, Gustav, uh, I think in nineteen ninety three, and three uh, nineteen nineteen three and four he stayed with us, and then he went to Ferrari. And uh, yeah, again, very good um, relationship with Gustav and. Uh, um yeah working together as a team and uh, when he was at ferrari we started talking uh, oh, together so yeah that's but how then, it, the initial contact, the initial contact but then was uh, was uh, yeah and were you aware Jean of, Todd, that was uh,
1: yeah were you aware in 95 that there was the whole schumacher juggernaut was about to arrive in 96 with michael and then obviously Ross and Rory Byrne. Was was that on the cards when you joined?
0: No, no, at the beginning, no, because uh, effectively I joined the... um, That was another story. I joined the GT um, car group uh, with the aim of develop a Ferrari F50 for Le Mans. Yeah, so with um, Claudio Lombardi. Claudio Lombardi, that was... uh,
1: um although i need to stop you there yeah. so you're a man who wanted to work in formula one and yeah. you went to ferrari to work on an f50
0: yes yes because uh, um yeah again was another um, personal reasons uh, i was um, living in parma working in Faenza, uh, following all the championship tests uh, and races so again for, for family reason, I decided, uh, okay, let, let's find uh, a job that I like, but uh, closer to home and with less traveling. And uh, I accepted this opportunity uh, that Claudio Lombardi offered me to develop a F50 uh, Le Mans, knowing that I was anyway, I would have been anyway in Ferrari, so sooner or later they, they would have dragged me in the Formula oh. One activity. Oh, okay. So it was a sort of... Uh, An investment, let's say. And uh, it happened, um, yeah, more quickly than I thought because it happened after three, four months. So I I started in September and for the F50 GT um, and in January I was already in F1. January 96? Yeah, 96. Because of, as I said, Gustav and then Mr. Todd. What kind of Ferrari
1: did you walk into in January '96, because they hadn't won the drivers' title since what was it '79 with Jody Scheckter? Was there a sense of desperation? Did you feel that we've just got to? Was there a lot of pressure on the team to start I, getting results? And
0: I, I was uh, yeah walking in, in Maranello design office, uh, and uh, yeah, the, the the first feeling was. Uh, Unfortunately, particularly bad because uh, that, that office, as I said, was very small. Using a different cut system from uh, the FDD of John Barnard, having um, to move to another cut system that was uh, switched off under the tables, uh, and, and dealing with uh, with England only with a, a big uh, A two plotter, so it was. Yeah, situation. so the a
1: real transitional time. Real, yeah,
0: transitional time, st- starting from scratch, from from everything.
1: So that '96 Ferrari. Please forgive me if I'm about to say the wrong thing, but I didn't think it was the best-looking car I'd ever seen. No, yeah. yeah <laughs> but is that because there was this period... What was it called? The, the
0: armchair? I can't. Yeah.
1: So it looked like an armchair, didn't it? Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but is that because there was all this transition going on as, as a pe- you were changing from one programme to the next and maybe and moving everything back to Italy? Is that one of the reasons, do you think, that the car wasn't... As effective i mean uh, michael schumacher won a few yeah. races yeah
0: but, but... yeah but I, for me it was difficult at the time to understand where we uh, yeah where, where we were then because uh, i started january 96 uh, the car was already designed and uh, yeah the, the assembly of the car happened after a f- few few days literally uh, so from that point onward, m- my task uh, um, was different. was to start employing a lot of people and building a team, a design team and uh, to start putting together design processes, uh, and the, the correct methodology, mentality and um, participating to the development of 1996 car during the season. So I remember the Barcelona package, the Monza package, where Maranello started to be actively involved. And from then, uh, yeah, 1997, yeah, Maranello's group was able to, to put a bit more ideas on the car. And from 1998, the car was fully designed and developed in, uh, in Maranello.
1: And who was the person you worked closest with there? In Marinello, was it Rory Byrne? Was it Ross? Just how, how, how was the structure?
0: Yeah, the structure was yeah was very very clear. Uh, immediately after I um, joined, arrived uh, Ross and then um, Rory. Um, but as well in parallel, other fundamental people um, looking after other activity. Um, during the first year, yeah, it was a bit of a transition between FDD and uh, uh, so dealing with uh, with John Barnard, dealing with uh, Mike Coughlan in, in FDD and uh, with Ross and Rory in, in Maranello. Um, yeah, with Ross and Rory, without uh, sitting too much around the table, the, again, the, the relationship started immediately positive mm, and then was great from day one really tell me a little
1: bit about rory Byrne. yeah south african lots of experience in f1 by the time you two got together my memories of him are of someone with huge energy yeah huge energy and he i remember him telling me that he used to keep a notepad by his bed and that he'd wake up in the middle of the night with an idea and quickly write it down i mean quite an inspirational figure for you
0: yeah yeah he did he did Yeah, yeah, it was. It was uh, very inspirational for me. Um, And yeah, somehow we found ourselves very uh, complementary in terms of, uh, again, how we behave and our mindset. And it was working perfectly well because it was more uh, the guy that did uh, the link between... Aero performance track and the design office and I was, uh, I was the guy that was uh, uh, developing with uh, uh, very detailed methodology the the design activity and uh, yeah.
1: Mm. How frustrating did it get? So you say by '98 everything's being designed and built in Maranello. Yeah. Yeah. At the last race, At 97, it was the last race. It went the other way to Jacques Villeneuve, At 98, yeah. it went yeah. the other way to yeah. Mick. How, can you just, can you remember what, what the atmosphere was like back then and what you were all thinking?
0: Yeah. Oh, and then, of course, uh, there was
1: 99 as well when Michael his yeah, leg. Like as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It was uh, unbelievable. It was almost there, almost there, and then not yet, not yet, not yet. But th- this gave us uh, the boost to do better and better and better. And yeah, we, we did at that time a lot of little mistakes that the organization had to learn and avoid for, for the future. And literally, when the organization became much more mature in 2000, 2001, yeah, it was a much more complete organization, um, a sort of very fine mesh net that was not allowing for any other mistake, but at the very beginning, yes, we, we, we did and it was, was natural, we were uh, growing from, uh, from nothing really, because uh, can you imagine to bring from England to Maranello everything, not only the design, but as well the, the production of all the components, uh, um, the, yeah, the pre-assembly and uh, Uh, develop the whole team. was a monumental uh, activity.
1: Now, for a man who's won 26 world titles, (laughs) but did you derive much pleasure from the Constructors' Championship in 99? Because it was your first, so you had the Constructors' title on the one hand, but equally you lost the Drivers' title at the last race in Japan. Can you remember how that felt?
0: Oh, yeah, I remember very well, but... Not making, uh, I'm not making differences between constructor and uh, drivers. So I know that, uh, yeah, in uh, for Mr. Montezemolo was uh, the driver more important. Uh, in here, in um, in our team in Mercedes is uh, yeah the constructor because of Mercedes thinking and uh, um, big OEM constructor is is the constructor that is the biggest. To be honest, uh, I, I wanted uh, both um, as much as possible all so time. So it still felt great. Yeah. So then the, the the proper job delivered 100% for me was uh, both uh, championships. Which started in 2000. Can
1: you now
0: describe
1: what it was like just to ride that wave of success with Ferrari and how you kept... The motivation up, and what was it like?
0: Yeah, the winning, winning from starting from scratch or starting from a not winning situation, and arriving to win is is a big, big peak of uh, satisfaction, motivation. But I found always much more difficult to keep uh, the, the the winning process. Ongoing, because uh, mm, yeah, it's natural that the organization get uh, satisfied by the result uh, or, or people uh, slightly less motivated or people leaving uh, because of uh, you are winning and they, they can go in nice position in other teams. Uh, so it's, it's becoming more and more and more difficult every, every year to maintain the, the winning path. is becoming more and more difficult and again, you need to work uh, li- like we did here in Mercedes. You need to work together like we do in, uh, in Mercedes in, um, in January. We go outside two days with, with Toto and all the other directors and we discuss about uh, the, the next target and we discuss about how to reach it. Uh, and one of the big discussion was uh, how can we carry on winning? What do we need to do? And, yeah, again, a lot of activities.
1: Because they're quite similar, from the outside at least, the the dominance you had with Ferrari and the dominance you've had with Mercedes, in terms of numbers, aren't massively different. No, yeah, they're similar. So how... uh, Success is similar, but how different are the two experiences?
0: Success is similar, but as well, uh, the two experiences are are not that uh, that far, because, uh, again... In Ferrari, uh, during the winning time, there was a group of people, uh, Todd and uh, uh, Ross, uh, mm, creating a sort of shell around Ferrari that was managing and coping with the pressure that all the Italian environment or, uh, let's say, high-level bosses uh, inevitably wanted to create because uh, yes it's it's true there is more pressure or oh, there, w- there was i don't know now there was more pressure in ferrari than at mercedes for example
1: and is the media responsible for some of that the italian media does that do you feel that as a ferrari employee
0: yeah, yeah you feel it i felt it because um, it uh, the ferrari must win must win all races must win all championship uh, is always in the center of uh, the, the millions of uh, passionate people looking at you and wanting uh, you to win, so you feel you feel this pressure, and um, yeah, there was a group of people protecting the, the engineers uh, to feel the correct pressure, and and there was harmony between people. There was a somehow it was created a, an atmosphere very, very similar to what uh, what is the atmosphere. Uh, year for example for a few years so it was uh, it was good so there are quite a lot of uh, similar activities and quite a lot of similar result uh, for for that in mercedes the, the pressure is uh, we don't need this big uh, shell around um, around the team because uh, uh, there is less pressure there is less pressure from the board uh, there is uh, less pressure from daimler and the pressure here is uh, a sort of a nice sporting pressure that everybody of us are applying in the job. Mm, but you don't feel the nasty pressure from outside. How interesting.
1: How interesting. And do you think being located in England helps?
0: I, I think mm-hmm. so, yeah. I think it helps. Yeah, I think it helps. Yeah, in uh, in general, uh, this helps to keep the, the group... Uh, calm and um, yeah, to work uh, in a very consistent manner. Um, so there are very, very little oscillations, let's say, up and down, very consistent uh, mode. And at the end, uh, if you ask the engineers uh, to develop uh, new ideas, uh, to aim high, to aim along, uh, and uh, you need to allow them to, uh, to fail and you need to be happy that... Uh, few times they fail and you need to trust them for the following uh, challenge if you apply pressure and you want to keep uh, the pressure high because you want to win next race next race engineers normally they tend to to not be so creative and to deliver something that is uh, safer something that is a uh, more shorter term and then this will influence your development pace So that's why you need to protect them, you need to leave them thinking, you you leave them trying hard and aim high, and then you manage the risks. Now, of the
1: five years that you did the double, as in constructors and drivers at Ferrari, 2003 to 2004 inclusive, which was the most satisfying season for you?
0: Now, the the double... Yeah, probably the the first one was an unbelievable emotion because uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, I can't remember twenty odd year that Ferrari didn't do that. And probably the two thousand four, two thousand four, it was uh, yeah again uh, an impressive car and impressive result. Probably these are the two greatest memories.
1: And we've talked about Michael, but there was obviously. Uh he Had the same teammate throughout
0: that period,
1: Rubens Barrichello. Um, yeah. how much credit should Rubens take for his part in those championships?
0: Oh, yeah, R- Rubens he tried, he tried hard. Um, yeah, unfortunately, he had Michael <laughs> as, as a teammate, which is not that easy to be uh, as, a, as a problem. Um, but his so, yeah.
1: technical ability, people tell yeah. me he was very, very
0: no, good he, he at was, developing uh, a car. Yeah, he, he was, um, I, I remember that uh, his car um, time to time had a very um, nice, nice features from, from the setup point of view and uh, uh, from the handling point of view and uh, he was, uh, yeah, contributing uh, to the success of Ferrari uh, by, by trying to, yeah, to develop things on the setup that uh, uh, were more interesting compared to to Michael and time to time uh, yeah they have been used
1: what brought you to Mercedes and let's fast forward to 2011 I mean so you win that title in 2004 five and six and then Kimi obviously wins in 2007 but what made you give up you know a team like Ferrari you had the resource that you wanted as an engineer to take carry ideas through what was it about Mercedes, that you thought,
0: yeah. So for me, um, yeah. When I came here, December uh, 2011, as you know, I my my last uh, few weeks in Ferrari, they were not very pleasant. Mm. Yeah, um, we had uh, Mr. Montezemolo that wanted to do a change. But the change was managed quite uh, violently. And um, yeah, for me, it was uh, unacceptable to drop down as a technical director and do something else in Ferrari. And then I immediately, in the same day, I, I left because I, I never accepted uh, um, waiting in Ferrari as many other people have done, uh, waiting for the next job. So I came out from Ferrari, yeah. Very, very upset, of course, and uh, yeah, with with a wish to have a revenge and a, re, a wish to uh, to build another strong experience. Although, can I just do you
1: feel that you were the fool guy for Alonso? Alonso failing to 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 win the championship, Ferrari. Do you feel that Montezemolo felt he needed to blame somebody and you? With the person who ended up. Yeah,
0: to, to be honest, I don't know what uh, what happened because no one explained to me. So it was it was uh, so sudden. Uh, after uh, you arrive in December, yeah, we we lost the championship, the previous championship at the last race, but we won 2010 uh, five races with Fernando, so very close to win the championship. Contract renewed. Uh, a lot of uh, pat pat on the shoulders. Uh, yeah, a good job. Uh, in in few months after a, yeah, especially after a bad Barcelona race, you you receive this news that uh, okay, you are not anymore technical director. You will do something else in the company. Um, yeah, uh, n- no one ever explained to me what happened was a quick communication from Stefano Domenicali, um, never spoken with uh, Montezemolo, never spoken with um, Alonso or, or anyone else of the company.
1: Did Stefano try and explain to you?
0: No, it, was, it was a quick uh, communication. I'm a friend of Stefano's uh, still now, but uh, in that moment it was uh, just a quick communication with no big reasons, just... Uh, because of you know, Barcelona race was bad and uh, the championship started uh, badly. How frustrating to have
1: ended what had been such a fantastic period of your life until
0: until then! Yeah, I was uh, the, the frustration was immense mm. after 16 years uh, um, of success, and uh, for me, it was very, very uh, a difficult time for a couple of months. It's like uh, uh, being on a high speed train and all of a sudden you find yourself uh, in the station steady and your brain is, uh, is carrying on to go at the speed of the train. So you you have for weeks and weeks and weeks uh, still, uh, you know, you're thinking at the project that uh, uh, were being developed for the mid-season development or you think why, what it happened, why it happened and what happened. And, yeah, you haven't got any answer. Did so, it
1: affect your love of Formula One? Did you think yeah, at any moment, bit, yeah. I don't yeah. want to work in this business
0: yeah. yeah, Yeah, I thought. I thought, and I have to say, the extreme help was coming from my wife. I remember when she said uh, to me that uh, my story in, in Formula One, it was not possible to be finished like that. And, and then she was... Uh, pushing me to find another solution, don't worry about the family, uh, you need to have your revenge. So for me it was a uh, fundamental, that uh, support. And, um, and a lot of friends. I kept all the messages, and, yeah, be- beautiful messages from everybody. And, uh, yeah, it was a very, very emotional time, but uh, this response of uh, all the people that... Uh, uh, like you and and uh, gave me the you know the strength to go ahead and to find another challenge
1: and i guess your wife formula one is all she's known is that right
0: yeah F- formula, <laughs> formula one, yeah she she's not a fan of formula one and she's uh, not a fan no she's not a fan <laughs> and uh, she is supporting me yeah for the last 31 years and uh, uh, so he's uh, even uh Greater what uh, she does because she's not a fan of motor racing.
1: So, Ross, did did Ross pick up the phone to you
0: or you to him? The the first one was uh, Adam Parr from Williams. 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 uh, The same day, the same day that the press was saying, okay, Aldo Costa dropped down as a technical director. He was immediately on the phone saying, "Okay, would you like to come here to uh, to work in our team?" And I went, uh, yeah, two three days after in Williams for for an interview. And then uh, I was just
1: going to say Toto was involved with Williams back then, wasn't he? No, not yet. I not don't yet? think.
0: No, 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 not yet. <laughs> not yet. And How then, did the interview go? What did you think of Williams? Yeah, at that time, uh, yeah, it was um, it was uh, a very positive interview, and um, I was quite uh, quite keen. Yeah, strangely enough, uh, I I, um, I was uh, I had to work together with Mike Coughlin uh, again. That was when yeah. he was back at William. Yeah, me. exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's a very small world. This yeah, small, very world. small world.
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah, for me it was uh, was fine, and um but then yeah, talking with Ross. Uh, yeah, I remember I went in Fort Dame Marmy for uh, for a dinner and uh, yeah there we started to dream uh, a possible collaboration and he was explaining the project and for me was uh, literally uh, working with him working with Michael working with uh, such a big group like uh, Daimler with such Good wish of uh, progressing, investing, and building a strong team uh, for, for me was uh, really. Mm, it's what we call a no-brainer. No-brainer was yeah. it, Is that how it yeah, was? For you? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, no-brainer. So I stopped uh, all the other contact I had, and uh, yeah, I I went there. Were you nervous about coming to live in England? So, uh, again, strangely enough, in my life I never. Considered the, the idea to living abroad is, is strange, eh? yeah. You spend uh, so
1: much time abroad, but only to go to ra- racing. Yeah, I've racing.
0: Got... Because I never moved my family from Parma in all my life, so um, I'm the king of commuting, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I never thought to uh, to come here. Yeah, I remember an interview, an interview uh, with Pat Simmons. <laughs> I can quote that <laughs> he told uh, when he was at Renault and uh, he said to me, uh, although you, yeah, you're working in Ferrari, but, uh, you cannot say you have really, really worked in F1. If you are not coming at least once in England to work for an English team. Yeah. So I did it. You've ticked that box. <laughs> yeah. I've ticked that box. But and how you, you live, you've been
1: living in Oxford. I understand. Yeah, in how, Oxford. How does, I forget, I've never been to Palmer. Yeah. Um, I eat a lot of the ham, but, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but how does Oxford compare to Palmer? Do you do you feel at home?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I feel at home. Um, and then I was looking to found to find an environment where my family could um, happily come to England and um, and yeah find themselves at home. And I think I was. Um, a bit um, under predicting the result because uh, once uh, selected uh, a nice house in Oxford and uh, in the center, and I had since then the the house full of people for, for all your friends coming to stay <laughs> <Yeah>, for, <Yeah. laughs> for seven years, <laughs> full of people. So my my wife she was coming uh, ten days uh, a month, and then my my daughter she was here at Mercedes. Uh, um, working with HR for a few months and uh, with a boyfriend and my son, with a girlfriend, friends, and yeah, full of.
1: It's been a full on family yeah, experience. Family friends, it? yeah. So you get the band back together. Yeah. You, Ross, Michael. Um, yeah. How different was Michael, second time around, compared to his Ferrari days?
0: My, It was, um, in terms. Michael as a person, he was the same Michael, yeah, the same Michael with the same motivation. Um, so I was very, I was very pleased to work with him again. Um, yeah, he was, he was uh, with Nico, he was uh, struggling, uh, uh, he was struggling uh, a bit more about the, the, the performance in general. Which is uh, uh you know a normal thing, a natural thing, and uh, yeah this is what uh did he you did think he struggle? Uh, you need to accept it was
1: the first time in
0: his life that he'd
1: struggled against a teammate do you think he did he find that particularly hard
0: i think yeah he was trying to to find uh, ways where where he he could uh, he could uh, catch up and uh, um starting back to lead in terms of performance so it was um, yeah in that uh, in that moment of his career where he was uh, needing uh, um, to to understand where effectively effectively he was
1: and then when you know how you were saying it took until 1998 for Ferrari to really have its everything under control in Maranello and producing everything from Maranello how long did it take? Given that this team, Mercedes, was born in two thousand and nine, and didn't have any resource back then, how long did it take Mercedes? Do you think to really hit its stride and become the force
0: that it is today? For me, is um, yeah. Unfortunately, they, um, when the the Braun team uh, lost uh, a lot of people was not only the people, uh, the reduced number of people, but was as well a big stop in terms of uh, capability development, uh, a big stop in terms of uh, money availability to do things uh, from the maintenance, from the day-by-day development that was uh, limiting the development of the team. And the first uh, um, year and a half, uh, two years, it was that little team that was operating and, and uh, couldn't uh, reach good result. And, and this was uh, they acknowledged that uh, that kind of model was not a winning model. So at that time, uh, Daimler with Ross they decided that okay, this is not the model that we need to, to follow. We need to boost people, capability, investment in general. And, and yeah, then the climbing started when so what, are we talking 2012 20 yeah end of 20 during um, recognizing it in 2010 and 2011 and starting with the new aiming for the for a new model in 20 second part of 2011 2011 yeah so your first full
1: year was 12 12 at what point were you guys focusing on 2014 the new regulations or was that your main focus from the moment you joined
0: no 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 no, no. there was um, there was a focus on 2012 of course uh, small details and uh, local performance aspect and and then there was a full focus on 2013 car which was the last uh, the last V8 but the big effort was doing uh, Almost uh, three cars uh, in, in parallel, so there was uh, still the 2012 uh, development and the 2013 uh, already yeah, half developed and uh, yeah starting the 2014 car and th- this was the key, uh, starting very very early powertrain, very early, and and us as well very very early with with as well uh, starting um, with good uh, new capabilities. Uh, for, for the hybrid engine, for the hybrid car in general, to then arriving to 2014 already on track with a with product that was already running and uh, reliable enough.
1: Although how funny that when you join Mercedes you're working on three cars. And as you leave Mercedes, you're working on three cars yeah. again. You? <laughs> There's
0: a parallel there. Yeah, there is a parallel there. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, funny. Yeah. Now,
1: I asked you which of your favourite years were when you were dominating with Ferrari. I want to ask you the same question now yeah. with Mercedes. of Since 2014, which yeah. has
0: been the most enjoyable, the most rewarding season? Um, yeah, pro- Probably the... Um, there are two for two different reasons one is the twenty thirteen car and season the last uh, um v eight the last v eight uh we did a we did a big uh step from fifth i think in the championship we became second and we were much closer to uh red bull and uh yeah um we we yeah in the constructor we were better than ferrari so that, that car was the first big uh, satisfaction also because uh, yeah, people here are very proud. If you put side to side the 2012 and the 2013, the 2013, the whole group did, uh, as I mentioned before, a big jump um, with quite a lot of risks to manage, but a big jump on on any kind of technology.
1: In every area of the In car, every from the to car. packaging. Yeah, to-
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's one. It was the year where we had, for example, just to give one example, the, the gearbox with the internal aluminum cassette surrounded by a a carbon structure. In these days, uh, most of the gearboxes are like that. Uh, in that particular car, it was the first time uh, Formula 1 saw such a layout. That was a big risk. From yeah, the reliability that was a big risk. Yeah, uh, it was a big risk. Or oh, suspension design. Starting having a you know lower wishbone, very 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 high.
1: Where does an idea like that come from, Aldo? Whose idea is it to go and? I tell you what, let's you, do you the gearbox. The, like the gearbox, yeah. Uh, but is it, it one person who comes up with it, yeah, or is he, it a conversation?
0: Or? No, it can can be both. It can be anything. Um, we mm, yeah, we spoke many many times how how to uh, improve innovation, what are the methodology to. Uh, take out these ideas from the group and can be anything. We we have got working groups that are focused on a a certain area of the car and in these working groups they they are free to to propose anything they want and to go even ahead. So they they are fully responsible for delivering better better product so they feel engaged people. They feel uh, capable to contribute. In this particular case, it came uh, yeah, from the chief designer, John, John Owen. That is, I remember for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, okay, norm- so th- normally the idea is a, a starting point, the idea, and, and then the whole group jump on it and, and uh, articulate the idea in a deeper and deeper way.
1: Fascinating. So look, that's one very
0: Exemple. successful year. Yeah, and it was a successful year, but uh, yeah, we... we uh, the twin in F1, uh, you need to have a complete puzzle. Is what I uh, used to remember people. So if uh, two three elements of the puzzle are not there, you, you cannot win. So you need to have everything that is top level. And in that particular case, uh, we, it was not the case. So we were still not mature enough as uh, knowledge of the group. To, to deliver a successful championship. On the opposite, it happened straight away in 2014. And yeah, that, that was the year where their awarding was uh, maximum. For me, going for the team in, on the podium in Bahrain um, yeah, was the key moment of 2014. And of the six years of
1: success that have followed, which has been the most
0: satisfying? I think, uh, as I mentioned before, it was um, the difficulties were growing uh, each year because uh, the powertrain formula stayed the same, so the other manufacturer could uh, catch up. So the the advantage we had was uh, smaller and smaller on that. So we had to push much harder on other aspects of the car. Um, So it was a sort of a continuous uh, process uh, that brought us uh, where we are in this moment. And if you look at 2014, why we won and 2018, why we won. um, Yeah, there are different aspects that are, uh, let's say, a key element of the victory.
1: Aldo, over your 31 seasons in Formula One. When were you happiest?
0: I, I think uh, here at Mercedes in these last few years. Uh, yeah, for me it was a, a sort of um, yeah Minardi was a brilliant experience, young and very motivated, um, learning everything, and then Ferrari was uh, yeah solid uh, delivery of a lot of things, and uh, yeah. Huge satisfaction for the championship, but here is uh, learning for from my all my mistakes that I have done in Minardi, I've done in Ferrari as an engineer, but as well as a person, as a manager. Um, for me, I, I was able again together with uh, with a nice group of people to deliver the best uh, performance of the group and and myself as well.
1: I've known you for a few years and you you have looked very happy
0: here. Yeah.
1: You know, like you're having a good time. And I guess the success helps, doesn't it? But
0: Yeah. But it's as well a change of mentality. Yeah. People that know, know me um, uh, we have many Italians engineer here and some of them they they, they were coming from Ferrari. Uh, and they say that I'm more smiling here than at Ferrari, that I look more relaxed, I look more, um, yeah, less stressed. Are and they right? They are, they are right. They are right and is uh, because of, as, as I said to you, the pressure, the, the difference of pressure, but as well having learned that uh, it's much, much better to drive the people uh, with a smile create a a very harmonious group uh, um, people that are coming in the morning and they are smiling to you because they are happy to work together Um, so I strongly believe in this moment, in this model, I I hate the model of uh, angry people or shouting people or um, tense people I'm convinced 100% that they don't deliver the best and and as a group they don't deliver what they can
1: which has been the most rewarding set of regulations to work on
0: for me the the current one because as a fan of formula one i i, I like to be in a era where the car are the fastest of all time i am an engineer i am a fan of f1 of fast car I like these uh, white cars with uh, a lot of performance, uh, fastest as ever. So I don't, I don't like particularly when uh, you do things when the cars goes back uh, five seconds or something like that.
1: So when they made them faster a few years back, that was yeah, that, uh, that was, got the thumbs that, up. From yeah, Mr. Yeah, Costa, absolutely, it? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, was very fascinated. Yeah.
1: As a designer, Def- do yeah. you get a lot of ideas from other racing cars, or is it other? aspects of life do you look at aeroplanes and say ah why why don't we try that
0: yeah as a designer um monitoring the the other cars is one of the constant aspect uh, and you need to be humble to to look at the at the grid the front to rear i remember yeah for many years uh, um, myself uh, was walking uh, front to rear and, and you, you, you can see as well Adrian Newey going uh, front to rear uh, watching all the cars and uh, joking with the Red Bull people when they wanted to stop you looking at their car so it was a sort of... Uh, all the
1: mechanics around the back of yeah, the car, don't look yeah, at exactly. the diffuser yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: so it was a sort of a nice um, um... Hello,
1: you mentioned a name actually, I was going to ask you about Adri- yeah. Adrian, yeah. um... Your respect for him, in, uh, for the work he does, and, and as a and as a rival as well. Yeah, he
0: has he has, uh, he has done a, a very very uh, huge, bright, big career in in F one, and uh, I was definitely the first one to um, to see his cars when he was uh, at Le House, <laughs> and he was at Minardi, so for me it was already one of the people to target or to learn from. Um, And then, yeah, he has carried on with, uh, uh, again, pushing a lot on all the structures that he has done along all those years, uh, all the um, aerodynamic developments and all the new technology that he has brought uh, together with these groups in F1. So a a lot of uh, respect. um,
1: Did you ever get close to working with Adrian? at any point
0: no no not uh, not really no it's interesting though
1: that uh, like you adrian loves driving yeah cars. i know he's got know. his lotus 49 yeah, and, yeah, he's his yeah, and he's got his Leighton house and tell me about your passion for driving because and what have you driven
0: yeah so my 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 passion you go in your life cycle toward uh, Yeah, university, and then work, 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 uh, family, young kids, uh, so you don't do anything. And then when you arrive at 40 years old, you start um, running, cycling, swimming. It's a (laughs) well-trodden path. Or or, uh, something else. And uh, I started as well something else. I did my first uh, Formula Ford uh, training course with young uh, go-kart uh, drivers. In, uh, age 40.
1: Age 40. Did your wife say that you had a midlife crisis? Yeah, probably she, yeah. <laughs> she
0: thought about. <laughs> and it was, uh, yeah, at Ferrari when they invented a very nice thing. Um, any manager could select um, one, two things to do to improve as a manager as a person and uh, yeah a lot of people they wanted to go in USA to do some management course and so on and uh, I wanted to do a Formula 4 driving course (laughs) (laughs) I love that I (laughs)
1: absolutely love that
0: (laughs) they were looking at me a bit strange but uh, that's what I did and were you quick? Uh, yeah uh, I was, yeah, I was, I was happy. I was happy, but of course there, there were, um, yeah, go-kart uh, drivers, uh, 15, 16 years old, uh, as well, uh, the first car training course, but yeah, they were faster than me. But I was, uh, yeah, defending myself quite well, yeah. I was happy.
1: <laughs> Good. And, and, and what about the F1 cars you've driven? Because you've driven some Mercedes, haven't you?
0: Yeah, the, Uh, Mercedes, but um, before that uh, there was a long preparation because, um, yeah, the story is that 1990, uh, uh, Minardi, the the chief designer was me, 29 years old, and the two drivers, uh, Pierluigi Martini, 29 years old, and uh, Paolo Barilla, 29 years old. So we we became, as you can imagine, uh, very friend, very friend. And uh, um, Paolo is uh, from Parma. So I I kept uh, seeing uh, Paolo in all my life. Uh, Yeah, strangely enough, myself, Paolo, and Paolo Dallara. Whenever in Parma they were looking for F1 speeches, they were inviting uh, our three. So we, we were in contact quite a lot. At a certain point, uh, Paolo told me that, um, I think uh, you've done, yeah, Formula Ford uh, um, training course and uh, uh, the Ferrari road car training course as well, but to properly appreciate what you are doing in terms of uh, work, you need to test a Formula One car. So, yeah, um, I went with him on track and uh, um, I, I was... Testing um, a radical, trying a radical, and then uh, um, after a radical, a Formula Three old Chevron, and as well, uh, uh, and then after that, uh, I, I jumped into a uh, 1981 FW7 Alan Jones uh, Williams, a race winner, no less. Yeah, yeah, and uh, in Mugello, not a small circuit, <laughs> <laughs> and then in Imola, um, a Ferrari 312B. From Clay Regazzoni in 1970, um, again two cars that um, Paolo took and uh, completely rebuilt and uh, uh, prepared in in a, in a beautiful way with, with a group of uh, Parma um, mechanics, and um, yeah, so I, I tested, um, tried the, those cars. Uh, so for me, it was was a good preparation, and then. Coming year, Toto knew that I was uh, somehow, um, yeah, very happy to to test car and to try cars, and uh, we did the Mille Miglia together, myself and Toto on a, um, Mercedes oh. Panamericana, yeah. And after that, uh, Minardi uh, spoke with Toto, asking uh, for a car in in Imola during the Minardi Day. In the last six, seven years, uh, Minardi is doing uh, the Minardi Day.
1: That's a really nice thing. Have you gone back to that day every year, the Minardi Day?
0: Yeah, it was during the Minardi Day that I was running the 312B. Oh. Yeah, oh, okay. So- but we, with a... Uh, with, um, okay, it was not an official... Uh, <laughs> Documented thing. No, so, I love the fact because that... also was I was Mercedes, but I was running a Ferrari, so it <laughs> yeah, was a white helmet, a, bit hel- complicated, a yeah. white helmet, <laughs> and and uh, off we go. Yeah, yeah. But
1: what? So, and then that's when you got to drive the Mercedes. Yeah, exactly. Which, which Mercedes was
0: it? Yeah, it was the um, the 2013 car. So the last V8, the car that won uh, yeah many races, and uh, the car that I was very proud of. Yeah, was a. Uh, Half an hour in the morning, half an hour in the afternoon, and it was a yeah, fantastic experience. Uh, I had a smile in my face. Uh, my wife was saying for at least two weeks, <laughs> constant. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Do you think driving
1: makes you a better engineer?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, yes, Paolo Barilla was right. Not because um, I could feel the understeer oversteer because I, I'm nowhere near close to the limit as the proper racing driver, but things like uh, yeah, how a driver is um, well or not installed in the in the cockpit, uh, w- which are the things that uh, he mm, liked, he, he ate uh, of, of of a car installation. Um, so that for sure, yeah, which preparation you need to do, uh, how, how detailed you need to, to be. When a driver is saying that he's, uh, okay, there is something that he doesn't like, what, what does it mean? Um, so all of that was pretty clear for me, clearer for me. And in terms of driving, uh, yeah, you just appreciate uh, how, how these, uh, these guys uh, are, how, how talented they are because you are so far from them that you have the feeling that they are not coming from this world.
1: So had Lewis been there at Imola, how much faster do you think he
0: would have been? Oh, yeah, quite quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... Don't be modest. No, no, I think... Um, here are people with uh, John, the, the chief designer, John Owen, he said, uh, Aldo, you, you have to go not... Uh, more than 20 seconds slower. (laughs) (laughs) Not not more than 20 seconds slower. And I did it. I did it. So I was probably between 15 and something like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, Aldo, it's been such a wonderful career to have observed from the outside, seed all your success, all those many wins and world championships. But you're moving to Dallara, going back home. Can live, see more of your family. I get all that. How are you taking your foot off the throttle a little bit? Are you going to be as busy with Laura. What's the role?
0: No, as, um, as Toto uh, Toto was saying in uh, yeah in one of the last press releases, is saying that uh, Aldo's uh, burning fire for motor racing is not uh, ended, and yeah. Toto is right, it's like uh, my, my passion, my fire for motor racing is not, uh, is not ended, but for me uh, going to Delare is like uh, a sort of closing the circle of my experience he was the, I didn't say that to you, but he was the first guy to I asked a job once uh, graduated and he was the guy that was telling me, uh, I haven't got any possibility but uh, Albert, Claudio Lombardi, yeah, is looking for an engineer. Go there and try uh, to have an interview. And then I went there, employed, and for six months I was working on rally cars on the Lancia Delta Integrale uh, as a um, stress engineer. And then Minardi called me, and I jumped to to the Minardi team. So yeah, he was the first one. I've been in contact with him for 30 years uh, full of respect for his career his his company and uh, and for me going back to that is like uh, as i said um, closing the full circle of my life
1: what's the job going to be are you going to look over everything or are you going to have a specific championship you're going to look after?
0: Oh, I will be the CTO of the of the group. So I will uh, I will be in charge of all the, the technical activity. Um, so the spectrum is quite wide because uh, it is going from the um, single seat uh, formulas that Dallara that, that, that is producing. So there are quite a few of them to racing activities uh, like... Uh, um, Le Mans uh, or even F1 or development of uh, high-performance vehicle like the um, Stradale, the Dallara Stradale or consultancy for OEMs. Uh, so very, very wide spectrum of activities which is the thing that really I like. So I don't want to be focused only on one but I want to push ahead uh, all of them and again, doing a sort of fourth cycle of my life, contributing, helping from the current situation to move the group toward an higher level in terms of organization, technical organization, uh, methodology, design processes, capabilities. Um, so that, that's what uh, I aim to do for the uh, next part of my life.
1: Well, Aldo, it's been a, it's been a wonderful career. Mercedes is going to miss you. Formula One is going to miss you and all that remains for me to say is thank you very much for your time it's been wonderful to
0: chat. Yeah thank you very much uh, I I will miss uh, Mercedes and all the friends and uh, all the people here um, so I will keep uh, all my memory and time to time I'm sure that I will come back uh, to have some uh, social activity together with my friends. Thank you Aldo. Thank you. Thank you.
1: What an incredible guy. So modest and yet clearly so knowledgeable and capable. I loved his reflections on life at Minardi and some of their giant killing performances. And it was also fascinating to hear about life at Ferrari and the pressures that exist there. Like Mercedes technical director, James Allison, who appeared on this podcast earlier in the year, Aldo places a lot of emphasis on the work ethos at Mercedes and on the word team. He just gave great insight from start to finish. Thanks for your time, Aldo. It was great to catch up and good luck at Delara. Well, that's all we have time for in this episode, but we'll be back next week with another big name from the world of F1. Until then, why not subscribe to Be On The Grid if you haven't already? We're on all of your favourite podcast apps, including Apple and Spotify. And thanks for your feedback about last week's episode with Mika Hakkinen. Like me, many of you were enthralled by what the Flying Finn had to say. He just had so many great stories, didn't he? Mikhail Bat got in touch via Twitter to say this. Kick his ass. I don't think I've heard anyone say that. Pros maybe, but not like Mika Hakkinen. What a gem of a F1 Beyond the Grid podcast. Thanks. Well, thank you, Mikhail. Lovely to hear your thoughts. And there were just so many great turns of phrase from Mika, weren't there? It was just lovely to hear him in such great form. And please keep your feedback coming. We love it. Remember to use the hashtag F1BeyondTheGrid and you can tweet me at F one Beyond the Grid is produced by F1 in association with Audio Boom. Until next time, keep it flat out.